because you've never failed us. You've been with us through everything, our entire lives, before we were even born and you knit us together in our mother's wombs. You've been with us through it all. So we trust you. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. So now Tammy's going to come up for our kids' spot. It's become my new favorite thing. something pretty sweet today. This is my favorite candy. As far as I'm concerned, this is all you really need to have in the store is, is these. You can have all of that other stuff, but this is the best right here. So I know you all don't all agree and that's okay, but how many of you like Reese Cups? Yeah, see, there's a lot of you. If you don't, shout out what your favorite candy bar is. Plain old Hershey bar? That's Morgan's. I'm like, there's nothing to it. It's like eating vanilla ice cream. <laughs> what is it? What? Oh, no. Oh, oh. All right, well, back to the Reese cups. I digress. Um, I got the big ones because I want to make sure you see what's in here. Because, you know, these, those little ones, they're like two bites and they're gone. And you're like, did I just eat one? Or I, I don't even know. So this is called the big cup. And I didn't even check calorie content because... It's bad. Yeah, just don't. Just eat it. Just don't even. Just don't even worry about it. All right. Now I'm going to cut this bad boy open here. Let's see if I can do it with one hand. Oh yeah. All right. Now let's look at what's inside of this. Mm. Oh. Just the smell. Peanut butter. Look at all that peanut butter in there. What'd you say? I know, I hear you. I, I know. Now that peanut butter in there is us. Now peanut butter's great, right? You can put it on a sandwich. You can put it on fruit. My girls used to just eat it out of the jar or in a bowl. It's great all by itself. But when I put that layer of chocolate over it, <laughs> it takes it to a whole new level, right? So God is that chocolate. So we can be plain old peanut butter, and it might be Peter Pan peanut butter. That's my favorite. It might be Jif. It might even be Skippy. But suppose it's like that unnamed peanut butter. You know, the kind that mom buys when she's trying to save a couple pennies at the grocery store. 
and you get it home and you can't wait to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you're like, this isn't even good. You don't like what? I'm sorry, Shelby. But you like peanut butter, right? See? So you can still like peanut butter, even if you don't smother the jelly all over it. So we have to make sure that we're not just this peanut butter, even though the peanut butter's good. We have to have this outer layer, too. And how do we get that? God, right? We ask God to come into our hearts, and he covers us, he protects us, he loves us, and we become this amazing creation, just like this Reese cup. Okay? So school's going to be starting soon, and it's going to be very different. Some of you are, have already started. Some of you are going to be starting in just a couple weeks. Some of you are going to be doing it virtual. And some of us are going to be going back in person. Just remember to take this covering with you wherever you are. Because you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get, it's going to be different. It's going to be aggravating and, and just not the same. Not what we're used to. But if we take God with us and we let him cover us, we're going to be okay, right? Because we can do all things through him. Just like this Reese cup, we can be an amazing creation if we take God with us. Okay? So don't forget that. That is hard to follow. I have black licorice for you if you want uh, to. I like black licorice. <laughs> who, likes, who likes black licorice? I figured Rob would. Oh, Virginia does too. A couple of you. That's the, I don't understand your taste buds. That was like when you had the box of multicolored jelly beans, you'd always just throw out the black ones. I think, does dad like licorice? Okay, yeah. My, my dad had a talent for um, buying food that only he would like so none of us kids would eat it. Like, what was the what, black cherry ice cream or something? Or, yeah. Briars, yeah. Thank you, Tammy. That was, a, that was a great, again, awesome. Appreciate you doing that. And one of these weeks, um, we're going to have, we're gonna have a prayer service for the kids going back to school and or not going back to school, but dis distancing. Um, so we want to do that, because I think most people in this county are starting on the 8th of September, right? And some of you, has, has anybody already started school? What's that? Starts the 31st, okay. Oh yeah, the, the Benners have started their school, so. So last week I, um, I left this, this sermon on the table for you, it's, but it's back this week, and the back-to-school prep series continues, and this one is all about P.E. P.E. stands for what? Physical education. Yep. It used to be called gym when I was a boy. I don't know why it's P.E. 
But PE is something that does a lot for you that maybe under the, you may not know about. And some of the things, the reasons why they teach it in schools is because it helps you concentrate more. It helps you to remain focused when you can exercise and do all those things. And um, you'll be, your quality of sleep, they say, will get better the more you exercise and do those kinds of things. And it can relieve stress and anxiety in your life if, if you're really struggling. And, but if you have some kind of regimen that you follow, it could really help with that. They say it improves your teamwork and leadership skills. You know, when you have to pick people to be on your team on volleyball, it, it helps those who get picked first, but the ones who always get picked last, they just have no self-esteem left for the rest of their life. Because they're always like, oh, I guess I'll take John. Guess, I'm the only one left. <laughs> You have no choice. So I don't know about that. I don't know if it improves that. It gives you, uh, you know, you become more self-disciplined. Like I said, develop their confidence. It depends on who, who picks you. Develops your motor skills and all those things. And they say it improves your behavior in school. I guess that could happen. But, you know, what do you guys remember about gym or PE? What, is, what are some of the things you remember doing? Just shout them out. Climbing the rope, dodgeball, lots of bloody noses from Sam, okay, gymnastics, volleyball, anybody remember the strange parachute thing that they used to have you do? I still don't understand what that has to do with PE. I mean, it was cool, you got the big parachutes and you'd stretch it all out and you'd go up and you'd get under it and it's like... We didn't even have a ball, so it made even less sense that it was a P.E. thing. I mean, I don't know. I guess that's like the last thing that the P.E. teacher is like, you know what, let's just stretch out a thing and let them do that. We don't know what else to do. But anyway, no, I love gym teachers. We had a good one when I was in Woodland Heights in, in New Hampshire, and um, she was a good teacher. We, we had all these scooters and stuff we used to play. It was fun, like ho hockey and all kinds of things. Um, I remember the pegboard. I, I was, I was, believe it or not, when I was younger, I was a skinny, scrawny little guy, and I could barely, like, hold myself up, so, you know, those peg things, I could only get, like, one in, but then there was the people who climb it, and I remember that, and, like, it was crazy. Who never did PE in, in school? Who never participated in gym? Kind of you sometimes, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's one of those, it's fun and it's not, but it's really there to make you do all those things that they said, you know, make you more fit and it's supposed to make you feel good, motivate you. Can you, let me ask this question, can you get physically fit by doing nothing? No, no. I tried <laughs> for years, so I, 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 uh, I've already proved that. You have to actually do something to get fit. And um, we have a lot of babies now in this, in this room. And one of the things that you have to work with baby, you can't just leave them in the crib all day and then feed them and then put them back and do that. They'll never get physically fit. And you have to kind of do tummy time, they call it now, where you put them on the mat and they're, they're like, look like they're like, what are you doing to me? This is not good. I, I'm struggling here. But it's supposed to, you know, get their motor skills going and, and we help and we teach them and we help them get active. We don't just leave them. 
And then they start growing stronger and stronger and starting doing things. And then before you know it, they're running circles around you and you wondering why you taught them at such a young age to be so independent. <laughs> but we have to do that. And if you haven't moved yourself in a while, if you've you know, started walking like I used to do a few years ago, Michelle would always encourage me to do something and I would, you know, the next day I'd go out and walk and then, and then I'd have excuses for the next week and then, and then I'd forget about it. And my walking consisted of going up out of my chair to the fridge and back and you just don't earn a lot of steps doing that. I mean, I don't care what kind of Fitbit you have, it's not gonna log that many steps when that's all you do. And now that we're all at home and sequestered in our homes for now, um, it's even more difficult to find that time. But we can go outside, so that's always a good thing. But if you haven't done it in a while, and if you started working out, the first thing you notice is after, the, after you're done, um, the next day you're sore. And, and there's muscles that you never knew you had, and everything's cramped up, and it's, it's tough, and it's, but it's, it's hard. But our bodies, our bodies are designed to respond well when we start moving, and the more movement we give it, the less pain there is, and all of a sudden, you're starting to feel a little bit better. But there is pain during that time, right? When, when you first start a regiment, there's, there's pain, and, and it hurts, and you buy all the creams to put on all of your joints. And I, I was walking today, I didn't share this with Michelle yet, but I had pain in my knees for the first time ever. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with turning 50 this year, but I've never had that before. So I was like, I was a little freaking freaked out by that this morning, but they're fine now. No, I was like on flat. It was, so that was made it even more scary. So yeah, the, there's pain involved with all this, right? And it'd be nice if we could just sit there and just grow into these perfectly well-fit bodies without doing a thing. I mean, that's probably what heaven is like. Because we don't have to, I don't think there's any gyms in heaven. So that's what it would be like. I mean, that's what I would rather have, but that's not reality. And life in general, as we know, can be very painful. And we wonder why we have this pain. And, you know, some of the songs that we were singing today, and especially in the times we're in, and some of you have had personal um, things go on in your life. There have been deaths in families recently, and, and those are tough, some of them unsuspected. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in this world of pain and, and sorrow, and it's really hard to understand why God would do this to us. But like the song says, and what we read and what we know about God is he is still in control over everything that's going on. He's still in control no matter what the government tries to do or tries not to do. He's in control of what our local leaders do or, what, or don't do. He's in control of what pastors do or don't do. God is still in control, and that should bring us a lot of comfort today. But even when life is, is painful, exercise still helps, and not just physical. Although physical can help you because studies show that if you are healthy, you can typically handle stress better. And there's a lot of stress going on. But believe it or not, Scripture tells us that when we do go through life and endure trouble, there's a reason for it. And in James chapter 1 from the New Living Translation, starting in verse 2, James says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, that's not our normal reaction. When troubles of any kind come your way, the first thing we do is, 
It's not for me, I'll be honest, and I'm trying to change this about myself. It's not, yes, God, bring it. I love this situation you've thrown me into. I'm so happy. But he says, consider it great joy. He said, for you know that your faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when you endure, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. See, it's the same principle that God has for us and the struggles that we go through in life that seem to just take over and sometimes overwhelm us. There's a reason, and, and God says, listen, I want you to be joyful in this time because when you go through this, when you come out on the other side, there is going to be so much of you that grows from it. You're going, you're going to be changed. So there's a reason for this. So when Michelle... Um, I'm picking on Michelle a lot today. When Michelle, uh, she's looking at me like, what's he going to say? So when Michelle encouraged me to go walk and I give her that look like, no, just go do it. You need to do it. Because she knows, because she's, she's done a lot more than I have and has benefited from it, um, that when you do things, all of a sudden your body starts reacting well and you start to have a lot more energy. So how can we prepare for these things, for, for these life situations that are thrown at us, like this particular one we're all in today. How, how do we prepare? How do we get fit? What's, what can we do? And I'll tell you, the biggest thing you can do in, any, in, in the physical and the spiritual is change up your routine that you have. Change up the routine or the pattern that you've gotten it yourself into. Not that any of it is bad, but if you really want to change, you have to change what you're doing. So maybe that for you, that's uh, less TV, less, less binge-watching in um, TV. Michelle and I finished every video on the internet two months ago, so we can't watch TV anymore. Anyway, so change that up. Um, instead of going out to, to eat on some days, go, go make yourself some food. I mean, when, when it's just two, two of us, it's easy just to go order something. But if you start, if you start putting meals together that are healthy, I don't know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a change of your routine. I had to do that. I started walking in the mornings. I never did that. I love it now. It's fun for me. And, I, and things have changed, um, not just health-wise, but also just my spiritual um, life has changed because of that. So to prepare, you got to start shaking up your routine and forcing yourself to do things that maybe you don't normally do, like read your Bible every day. Now, we're all Christians, so I know we all read a Bible at least two hours a day every day, every single one of us in here. But really, it's, 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 there's always reasons why. The day just gets ahead of us. I don't really understand the Bible, so I don't know what to read. If, if that's you, let me know. I can give you some suggestions. But we need to be in the Word. We need to have the Word in us. Ephesians 5.15 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise. That seems pretty obvious. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In order to live wise, we need to understand what wisdom is. You will find that in Scripture. You will find what true wisdom is like when you read Scripture. Or we can act like everybody else. If we act like everybody else in these days, then we're going to look like everybody else and we're all just going to blend in together. As Christians, we're supposed to stand out. As people who want to serve the Lord, we need to stand out. 
And James, back to James chapter one, starting in 19, he says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. We've gotten this completely backwards, especially if you go on social media. There is nobody that's slow to speak. Everybody's quick to type their opinion. Boom, it's there. Slow to, uh, slow to get angry, no. It's, it's instantly, I, I forget who shared something on Facebook. It was a friend of mine. She shared something about, you know, today, this is what the world looks like today. And you could say something like, have a nice day, you know, on, that, that could be your post on Facebook. And then people would say, have a nice day? You don't know what other people are going through. How dare you? you I'm serious. I'm, this is where it's at. So there's no slow to speak and there's no slow to get angry. We cannot even say, have a great day. All right, so I'll continue in James. That wasn't in James, by the way. That was me. It says, human anger does not pr- produce the righteousness God desires for us. We might feel good when we get angry. And, and honestly, it is a good feeling sometimes to get angry at somebody. You feel like, I got everything out. And then it's like, ah, oh, that felt good. But he says, that doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires us to have. So James says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. Again, the word, we need to understand and continue reading the word. There's a thing that we have in Winchester called Right Now Media. I don't know if any of you have signed up for it, but it's a really excellent Bible. There's so much information on that. If you need more info, talk to me after or go on um, our website. I'll put it on the homepage. But there's just some great content on there, really good stuff that just you can start your day with. Some of you have shared that with me. I've started listening to a lot of it. And it's just good to get your day started with that and really get grounded on what's important because you're going to be thrown out into reality as soon as you step into your workplace or log in wherever you're at and start seeing all the junk that's out there and all the hate. It's, it's just everywhere today. And James says, he continues, he says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. That's really harsh. So if you claim to be religious, but you're out there and you're, you're being one of those people that's saying, I can't believe you said have a nice day. Do you know how, you know, that's, that's just so many people just don't have nice days. So how could you, you know, it, you know what it's like. So if that's what we're doing, we're being foolish and our religion is worthless no matter what we say or no matter what church we go to or no matter what position we hold in a church, if we're doing those things, it's worthless. And he says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. That's just love right there. That, that's what true religion is taking care of others and not letting the world corrupt you. And James tells us also that we are compelled to move. We are compelled to do things. Just like you have to do things in order to get fit and, and, and all that stuff, we are compelled to move in order to show the love of Christ. James 2 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? 
I'm sure some of you know people that walk around and they just, uh, I just believe and God is good and God, and, and yet they, there's nothing ever going on with them. It's all words. I've seen pastors on TV do that and wear the great clothes, wear the big rings and just tell everybody how great God is and how much he can do in your life and then and send me the cash. I'm just going to be honest. We'll make it easy for you. We'll give you some miracle water when you send me your money. And it's sad what it's come to, but it, that's what happens. Faith without actions. The thing I love about this church and the people in it, and all of you are people of action. I think that's why God brought us all together. We share that spirit. And Ella has something to say too. Hi, Ella. Yeah, she's at, she's. She's talking, good. I know. Let's, let's use an analogy of somebody coming up to you and just say, like, I'm trying to think of one. I, I should have thought of this earlier, but I couldn't. But just let's say somebody comes up and says, like, I'm, I'm a good drummer. I'm, like, the best drummer. Really? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've played for all these bands. I've done all this stuff, and um, I'm really good. Why don't, why don't you play? Oh, I can't do it right now, but I'm really good. You, you have no idea how good. And you see him every week. It's like, what about today? It's like, at some point, you've got to put up or shut up. You really do. At some point, you've got to say, all right, I want to sit down there and start rocking something out. And James says this, too. doesn't say it like I did, but eventually you have to prove you are faithful. In chapter 2 of James, verse 17, it says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Now, that seems very unchristian to say. He says, Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. Ouch, that hurts because you could have all the faith in the world, but if you are not producing something, Good deeds, specifically, if there's something, you, you, it, it's, it's dead and useless. You cannot be faithful without action. And it doesn't always have to be physical action. You could be compelled to pray. There are some prayer warriors in, warriors in this room that pray, and I feel them. And they pray for this church, and they pray for me and Michelle and, and the leaders here and, and everyone. And we feel it. that is faith with action. It's not just saying, oh, I'll pray for you. Because sometimes we don't. I, I have to be honest, in, in the past, I've done that. Somebody said, Can you, I need your prayers. All right, I'll pray for you today. And I forget. I'm going to be honest with you. So now what I've done, and I've changed that years ago, and I just stop what I'm doing because that's more important than anything else. Faith by itself isn't enough. You can say you're the most faithful Christian in the world. But if there are no good deeds to be shown, it, James says it is dead and useless. And he continues, he says, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. In other words, the demons believe in God. Just saying you believe in God doesn't really do it. It doesn't convince me of anything about you. And, and not only do the demons believe in God, but notice he says, and they tremble in terror. 
So, so not, not only do they believe in God, but they know that they're doomed by this God. So they're already shaken in their boots. He says, how foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Then he says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. There's action. We need to prepare. We need to do our PE regiment, which means reading scripture, literally doing some physical stuff too. And then getting out in the community and washing clothes and feeding people and helping people pick, pick things up for them, take them to places, to appointments, all those things, provide clothing for them. All those things are actions, and that's, that's what we need to be. We can tell everybody we're the most faithful church on the planet, but if all they see is us coming and going through these doors once a week, that's not good. That's dead and useless faith. And also... We are to endure. Romans 5, 4 is written by Paul. It says, an endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. See, when we start working out as a Christian, we start to develop strength. So each trial that we go through and each tough thing that we come out the other side from, we are still wounded. I'm not going to lie to you. When you go through hardships, you, even as a Christian, you'll come out wounded but those scars and those, all those things remind you that you've endured them. So today I'm asking you, what is God preparing for you? Not just the adults, the, the, the kids in this room, the young, the young men and women in here that are starting school or starting college or coming into their senior years or their upperclassmanships. What's God preparing for you? And what are you doing? And how are you working yourself out for him? Romans, it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. Trials and troubles are always gonna be with us. It's the world that we live in because of sin, not because of God. It's a choice that was made by our ancestors that causes us to have to endure these things. But God says, I will strengthen you through these. Not only that, but every time I strengthen you, you're gonna become more and more like me. And you're gonna be able to do more and more things that I am giving you. So I wanna close by, with this. It was from a devotional I read recently. And it was talking about being refined by the fire. We've all heard those, right? We're refined by the fire. We're impure, right? We got to go through these trials. And, and as we go through these trials, all those impurities start coming to the top. And it's the same thing as a silversmith. A silversmith today is able to take the impurities out and use technology to determine how good the silver is by the time he's done. But way, way back before all of that, when it was just somebody stirring silver in a pot, I don't know if that's exactly what they did, but... They have the silver in there and they start heating it up. And as they heat it up, all the impurities bubble to the top and they scrape it off and they keep doing it. It's a long process. And I never knew this before, but one of the ways the silversmith finally knew that that silver was pure, and this really struck me. He looked down and when he saw his reflection on the silver, he knew that that silver was pure. And I think God's telling us today all those things and all those trials and tribulations you're going through, 
is making you more like me. So when I start to look at you, I understand where you've been. I, I understand that it was difficult. I understand that you didn't want to go through this, but every time you do, when I look at you, I start seeing a better reflection of me. And one day he's going to look and you are going to be perfectly resembling the father. So it gave me a whole different perspective on trials and tribulations because we're all going through them. Pastors are not oblivious to that. Pastors go through things too and, and leaders in churches. We all do. There's no, and God doesn't pick and choose just randomly. There's reasons why. And I firmly believe, and I used to say this when I used to teach in youth um, in Winchester many years ago. Seems like a lifetime ago. But I really believe that God, that the enemy understands somehow some of the things that God may have for you. So he's going to be on the defense, on offense for you. And when things, listen, if, if the enemy didn't worry about what potential you had, he wouldn't bother with you. He's got other big fish to fry. So if you feel like you're constantly under attack, I'm telling you that there's a reason why the enemy doesn't want you to succeed because he knows what God has for you or has a feeling. I don't know that he knows, but he knows God's word <laughs> better than us sometimes. And he knows that, listen, every time they go through something and they come out of it and they're closer to God, that's not good. That's not going to be good for us. We, we want to stop them in their tracks. So my challenge for you this week, today, and, and forever is to always look at what's in front of you with joy no matter how difficult that thing is and I'll admit that's going to be hard to do but I know that when something is in front of me that's completely difficult and the obstacle is huge then God has something on the other side for me for that I'll smile in the moment and then grit my teeth and go through it and be thankful for God that he has gotten me through that and to a next step let's stand for a moment I want to pray for you, and I, and I know a lot of you are going through some difficult things, so I'm going to ask you while you're praying just to whisper or, or just thank God for what you're going through. Seems counterintuitive, and that's not what man would do, but I'm going to challenge you to do that and be joyful in this moment. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word, Father, that just... It's, it's so confusing to man because it goes against our nature, humanly speaking, Father, but it's everything we need to endure through you, Father. And Lord, while, while James tells us that when we endure hard, hard things, we should consider it joy, Father, that's, we'll be honest, that's, I'll be honest, that's hard for me to do. But I trust your word and I trust the reason why you're asking us to be joyful is because we know that when we endure and when we get through this, Father, there is more for us and more for you. We want to be used by you, Father. And I pray for those who have been struggling. I know some of the details. I, I don't know a lot, but I know there are people in this room that have been struggling mightily. Father, I hope that and pray that they hear you today, that this is not in vain. This is not just to trip us up or, Father, this is a spiritual battle that will allow us to grow, that'll 
Allow us to be purified, to look more like you when we come out the other end, Father. And I pray for those that are in the middle of this, that you just whisper peace and show them a glimpse of what's ahead to give them the courage to keep moving forward. And Father, I thank you for meeting us here this morning. I thank you for the worship team that put so much into this, Father, and, and the prayer that goes into the songs and that just they just work out with the message and we don't even have to communicate, Father. You're, you're in this, Father. You, you are in this church and in this room today. Father, I thank you for those who volunteer. I, pr- I pray for the, the youth and the leaders, for Phil and Dorothy and their team as they continue to work with the generation that really is, seems for me, seems to be suffering the most through all of this, Father. I pray for the kids' leaders, for Tammy and her team, Father, that the kids that are here and the messages that are being taught from the stage by individuals, Father, just have an enormous impact on these children and that they never forget the lessons learned here today. And I pray for the care team that as they go out and they meet the needs of people in this community, Father, that it's not just handing out pieces of bread, Father, but it's looking at them in love and just looking at them as being children of God and, you know, we're family and we take care of one another. Father, I thank you for the greeters and the ushers and those who help behind the scenes. There are so many that just allow us to just come in here and just experience you, Father. And I pray that you bless them today, Roy's team and and all involved there, Father. You just just bless them today. Whatever they're struggling with, Father, whatever the enemy's putting in front of them saying, like, you're wasting your time, I just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just... I'm so thankful for everyone in this church, the ones that are here today and the ones that have couldn't make it, Father. I just thank you for them, and I thank you for their willingness to come, and, and we learn together, and we teach each other, Father, and we, we go out of these doors during the week, and we make a difference right here in our community because that's what you ask. Father, I don't want a faith that fails. I want a faith that thrives, and a faith thrives because we are doing things in our community. And we know we cannot earn salvation through works father but faith comes first and the natural course of that leads to works father i thank you again for all that you're doing in this community father and i thank you for this group here i pray and ask that we have a blessed week this week i pray for patricia and stephen as they lead on wednesday for the bible study father that you continue to bring people in that hear your words We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming here today. I really appreciate you all. And the ushers will come by and tap on us, tap you and let you know when you can depart. And this will be over one day or getting so close. That's what I keep telling myself. Love you all. And Tammy's got Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And she's got a lot of them, so. I'll take that.